in a business intelligence world. Right. You know, it's heavily focused here in, in this market. Mm -hmm. um, this opportunity was great. And basically what I do is a combination of business intelligence and partnerships in the, in the sense that my job is to not only provide data, but be able to create a storytelling around all the data we have and we pull from mm -hmm. different sources internally and externally to provide to the, first of all, the sales team. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Sporting Global Podcast. And today I'm here with Fernando. And Fernando, how's uh, life? And happy New Year years, by the way, as well. And I was about to say happy New York because you are in New York. So, you know, that's that, that's pretty good as well. How's, how's life? <laughs> hey, <laughs> thank you very much for the invite. Life is doing good. Uh, enjoy New York. Enjoy the New Year. Happy New Year. It's amazing to be here in the podcast. Well, it's a pleasure having you part of this. And, you know, it's uh, it, it, we had an interesting story, you know, on our hand. And you, you, you've been a little bit, you know, all over the place, I guess, in a sense. And for those that don't know, you're originally from from Peru and you know you're you're working in New York. You're you have studied in in uh, in, in Spain. And uh, yeah, a lot of good things is uh, a lot of good things is, is happening these days. Of course, like, you know, we have the COVID and everything, which is isn't that good. But I'm sure like, you know, from a business standpoint and professional standpoint, you know, things are, are looking good. And uh, yeah, we're excited to have you part of this and, and, sh and share your story. Yeah, of course, happy to share my story and very happy to be here. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm just going to dive right into it, Fernando. And I just wanted to know like a little bit about like how your journey in the sport industry began. Like just take us take us to the beginning, you know, of everything. <laughs> well, I hope it's not so long of a beginning. <laughs> Hey, we'll, uh, we'll cut you off if necessary. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, I, I I started playing soccer very young. So right. always, I think that's a very common story. If you want to be professional, that's how you dive into the industry. Right. But I was much more passionate about the business side of sports. And being from Peru, you always saw this lack of of management, of organization. And you see, you, uh, at least you saw the sport, even from minor leagues, they mm -hmm. needed some type of management that go to first division, at least in soccer, that wasn't very well structured. So that that sense of like trying to do something better in our country was what made me like realize I wanted to be involved in the sports right. industry. Right. So I, at that time, there were no sports careers at least at least back home so i started marketing in, in peru and uh, when i was finishing already my my bachelor's degree uh, i saw uh, the real madrid school open their mar sports marketing program so i applied right away i was already working at sports uh, at the moment i was mm -hmm. organizing sports events and worked for a ex-soccer player for a national team from peru right. he had his own soccer school so we were working on that, and when I saw the opportunity, I didn't think twice. Yeah. And I applied to, to, to Real Madrid Business School, went to Spain. That was already eight years ago, uh, probably. Uh, in my time in Spain, I also, when I was studying, I also work at AES.com, it's a sports journalism mm. in, in Madrid. So that was like my first 
a broad experience working in the sports industry. Right. And after finishing the program, I my thesis was eventually my startup. That I decided to take it back home. That was similar to a, you will say somehow, like a sports LinkedIn in a sense that we were trying to help athletes get sponsorships mm. and get access to brands. That is not right. very easy in South America, especially if you're not in the software industry. Right. Uh, so, so athletes that want to go to the Olympics, they don't have like a big budgets to compete. Mm-hmm. So we're focusing on, on that. And always as a soccer passionate on the side, I, I found another startup that was focused on, or more of a small company was focused on leveraging the image of some national players to build sports academies as well. That was part right. of my background at the beginning. Yeah. And eventually, I always had the interest in coming to the U.S. and came to study at Columbia Sports Management in 2019. And it's been great to know the market and be experienced. I experienced before in Peru. I also lived right. in Chile with my previous company. I also got to know it in Spain as well. And now having the, that comparison with the U.S. market, understanding uh, how the industry works. Even in New York, it's quite as big as you can imagine with all the sport major leagues that are here. Right. And at the same time, I had my opportunity to work at Bayern Munich here in, in New York, and now at New York City FC in the MLS. There you go. And we, we have to talk a little bit about the, the New York FC, you know, the MLS club. For, first and foremost, like, you know, for, for I, I assume like the majority of people that are like tuning in here doesn't know that you guys have a Norwegian coach head coach which is pretty cool in 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 in, in a nutshell as well and uh, obviously those that are tuning in most cases they they know that we're Norwegian so we kind of like you know had to just you know put that in there but uh also congrats I guess in a sense that you guys just won the cup right the MLS cup if I'm not mistaken yeah it's it's our first time in the history that we won that we reached the final and also that we won it so it's That's great awesome. that team has seven years of history so it's still a young team but very young First time we did it, so it's great. Yeah, and yeah, Ronnie, he did great. He did <laughs> so, so a little little piece of your history goes goes to Norway too. <laughs> big piece now. First yeah, going to be forever. You know, we're we're. I'm just trying to like do this modestly. You know, <laughs> without taking too much uh, Norwegian credit. We we don't like that. You know, we just have to mention it. <laughs> but well, uh, I think I think as well because in the starting eleven, there's a Peruvian player. So. There you go. Awesome. You know, so so you're part of the history. We're part of the history. It's all it's all win-win. And obviously you're you're working there, you know, which is which is also a big part of the history. And I guess like um so as far as I know, you're the you know partnerships business intelligence analyst at New York City FC. And why don't you just bring out a little bit like what are some of your key responsibilities and tasks there? So people can like get an essence of what do you do at a daily, you know, basis. Yeah, no, it's great to know. Uh, to start, my background has always been in partnerships. Mm-hmm. So one of the reasons to come to the U.S. was getting involved more in the business intelligence world. Right. You know, it's highly focused here in, in this market. Mm-hmm. Um, this opportunity was great. And basically what I do is a combination of business intelligence and partnerships in the, in the sense that my job is to not only provide data, but be able to create the storytelling around 
all the data we have and we pull from mm -hmm. different sources internally and externally to provide to the first of all the sales team right. to reach out to the prospect clients and see how we fit with them and what's the opportunity with us mm -hmm. so let's be able to understand who are we approaching where are we approaching and what story we turn to them right and also it's how are we telling the story to our current partners as well like how are their their return of investments going on like what's happening what we're doing so it's basically leveraging data right that we have and provided in the story way matter to current sponsors or potential leads as well it seems like quite like a, I guess like the, the importance of a analytics and, and, and data management seems like you know key key tasks in that which which in a sense is you know some some key skills I guess the the upcoming students has to you know perhaps learn learn as well I I don't know if you want to like emphasize a little bit on like you know what I don't know maybe some some tools or like some stuff they can start looking into to kind of like just get get a little bit into into that bubble. No, yeah, of course. It's yeah, it's very uh, analytics uh, focused. So there are different platforms you can use. We have internal platforms. It's basically we have people from the inside that have our own warehouse, and you can be able to pull information like through SQL right. code, and you can start pulling from different sources because we receive multiple. We have multiple touch points with our right. fans. So we yeah. have like from the ticketing side, from when they buy the uh, merch from where they subscribe to an email mm. a chain or a newsletter, et cetera. There are several touching points. So we right. try always to connect them and be able to see where the users are, mm -hmm. which ones are the same, because they have a, a different login. Yep. But in that sense, we're able to pull and understand who they are, what they do, what's the demo, and what they're looking for, like attendance, and also you can you have like third-party sources where you can understand also like how big is your audience uh, outside that one you already have or in your market outside your market right things like that so you're able to understand also propensities like if you have like a specific like for different like specific categories or mm -hmm. beverages or autos or any category you can think in your mind yeah how will uh, to really relate with them to be able to narrate the story so there are different third-party and proprietary sources that we use mm. that you in the end it's all connected you have to figure it out which one works best to tell the story because okay. in the end it's not how you pull the data or how, how good you are using tools or analytic tools in the end it's how good you are selecting which information makes sense mm. and how you share it with the stakeholders around you. 100%. Like it's, it's like critical thinking, evaluating the data. I mean, I mean like now, like it, it's not, I guess the, 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 it's not the lack of data that is the issue. It's like how to, you know, utilize the data and create value out of it. That, that, that's the key, key lesson here. And, uh, it's a very important task, but I wanted to go back a little bit into, uh, you know, your, your journey, you know, uh, throughout Madrid graduate school, as you, you did your master in, the, in, in sports marketing there. And, and I wanted to like, just, uh, you know, pick your brain a little bit about like, what were some of the key takeaways that you, you took from the program that sort of like 
that you brought with you into your you know current role and sort of like your your journey after after you left Spain? Yeah, sure. Definitely going to that program was a, a life changing for me in the sense mm. that it was the first time I decided like to invest on my own money and quit everything I was doing back home. Yeah. Like that that sense of I don't know, being safe, you know, they have a steady steady job and living <laughs> your life, just yeah. quitting and going to another country far away from your own. Right. Uh, big step. That's big great. Step. Yeah, it's a big step. But in the end, that, that gives you a lot of maturity. You have to learn how to to work by yourself, like live by yourself. And I think what the program gave me was a lot of, of that, of the understanding how to manage several projects at the same time, how also to network. It's very important. It was something that is not very common or wasn't very common in South America at the moment. Mm -hmm. It's a very small right. circle. So yeah, I think those two were excellent. And the third was like that, I would say, the vision side, like how you can project yourself in the sports industry to understand what trends are coming, how can you fit in. And that's a little bit like, what made me take my journey after it like mm. i understood i had a clear goal maybe what were my strengths where should i go right. what did, what did i like eventually to do so definitely i'm talking more maybe more personal way because i think mm. obviously what we learned and, and the people that taught you the problem were amazing everybody was great right. that in the end is also how they change a little bit of your mindset for the future so i think that's yes. that's definitely a big step for me and i create one of things i i'm the happiest of being able to done in the past probably right no i mean i mean like it's as you were talking about it's it's that sort of like i guess in a sense first major step outside your comfort zone and you know taking that risk but also like as you were saying like looking at it like as an opportunity and now like okay how do you maximize you know this this opportunity and, and and it's really good to see sort of like as well like that you came out of the program in a very clear you know manner which which i guess in a sense it's the the, the purpose of it too you know <laughs> like just getting you a little bit on track right i think a lot of people are just going into these programs and like because like it's very hard i think in a sense in general you know sports sports education these days because it's very um how can i say it's it's very um overall you know in a sense it's it's very you know yeah. pieces of okay. everything right and of course like you did sports marketing but even within sports marketing it's a lot of you know different paths and yeah. journeys yeah, for sure and yeah, so there are always different paths you can take and you never know which one is the one you like so it's <laughs> you have to go with an open mind yeah uh, i think uh like just going to enjoy it and see and surprise yourself of what could happen. You never know what's the road you better take. Like I never knew going to to Spain eventually was going to lead me to have my own startup. Like right. I thought I would probably stay in Spain working in some club or company and I yeah. finished coming back to my home and starting my own company. I never thought of that at the beginning. So right. I think that's probably something the, the masters gave me. I never thought it was going to happen. Mm. No, but it's, it's like going in with that open mindset, you know, which is, which are like yeah. a critical, 
critical stage here. And and I mean, like, since we're already into the the whole entrepreneurial bubble here, and and talking a little bit about your, you, you've been working on a you know different different kind of projects. Uh, you know, I wanted to specifically talk a little bit about or Orbita Sport and C Sports Peru. And and um, why don't you why don't you talk a little bit about like how these projects, in a sense, in a sense came to life and what was sort of like the key key purpose behind them? Yeah. No, sure. Uh, those were the most recent projects I started working on. Uh, they both started during COVID. Nice. So, always my, like the beginning of the story, we we're, were chatting is my goal has always been trying to help my region improve mm. in the industry. Yeah. Uh, I like working abroad, uh, but everything I can in my career I and mean, an opportunity to have learning and working in other places somehow try to translate it in a way that i could give it give back yep. to my country and region so that's how orbita started it's basically we're four people from from the region from mexico colombia and peru nice. and the idea was to try to organize small and big conference events where people from outside the region from the US and Europe mm. can bring their knowledge and share them with people around the countries in South America, Latin America. Nice. Uh, for the first one was free, but ideally on a free or very low cost access mm. for people just to know what's happening outside the sports industry in Latin America, try right. to learn, try to connect and try to grow the industry as a whole. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's basically where four people that have the same mindset but from different countries. But that's how that we pull it off and try to make it happen. Um, yeah, that's that's how it should be, you know. It's it's all about that <laughs> mindset and just coming together and make things happen. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it's it's like a like a side hustle we have and try just it's a just a passion of ours to make it happen. Right. It doesn't have like any we're not looking for like becoming rich from this. It's just mm. it's just make it happen. Yeah, just try yeah. to help people. That's what we love. Uh, right. We want to make the industry better, always. And it's like giving back, right, to the community, to the country, as you were talking about too. And you know, it's it's like I, I know sort of like that feeling too. You know, with the with starting Sporting Global, it's like how how can I give back to Norway? You know, it's like safe. how can I help the Norwegian sport industry with the, with this as well? So I, I totally relate with your mindset. <laughs> <laughs> different totally. countries, have... same mindset. <laughs> yeah, same mindset, just different places in yeah. in the world. But yeah, we have. We have the connections. We have we had we had the opportunity to go and work to other countries, and not many people can do it. So that's a little way to give back to the rest. Right. And on the other side, Seta Sports Peru. It's basically in April. Uh, it's funny because uh, we, I co-founded with a sports agency in Peru. Hmm. That I knew him for a long time. That his founder Sebastian. Uh, because we competed sometimes, Ian, but <laughs> doesn't matter. We just right. started chatting in April and we have, I work in, well, I've, I've done startup before. I've been incubated, I've been accelerated. I, I've raised funds, right. startups. So I knew the process that it takes for a sports venture to start in the region. Mm. So that's why they approached me and I always had the idea. And we finally decided to, to co-found this sports incubator in Peru, focusing in Latin America with the idea to help uh, early uh, sports startups in the region 
uh, go to market. Mm-hmm. So that was, I think that's been one of the most enriching projects I, I've been helping because I could use part of my background as a startup and incubate it to share that knowledge with people yeah. that want to start the same journey. Also, we have the connections around the world that we can also help them reach out as mentors. In the end, right. it's hard to start in the sports industry if you don't have some type of connections or guidelines. So it's Absolutely. been great. And in COVID, we, we started our first generation of five. And they already graduated. Some of them did great. Like there's a sport, female sports apparel. Uh, focus on soccer. They has already like been featuring like in FIFA Volta or other esports. They were champions in the region, Valorant. Um, they've been doing great after they graduated from the program. And right. next, well, next year. I was going to say next year. In one week, <laughs> we're starting the the second generation of startups, and it's a little bit more regional. The first generation was mostly Peruvian. Now right. it's just one from Peru, four from other countries around Latin America. We have new partners uh, around the region, like sports clubs in Colombia, in Chile, companies as well uh, in different parts of the of, uh, of Latin America. Yeah. Uh, big companies like Adidas, IBM that support us. So it's it's really, really, really great. And it's the same idea, same purpose as Orbita. It's not something we're trying to do to make money, it's just something we try to do as a gift back and help improve right. the sports industry back home. So it, yeah, they're both fulfilling projects to help it. That's, that's awesome, and I mean, like, yeah, best of luck already next week, though. That's that, that's uh, <laughs> that's exciting. I mean, like, thanks, thanks for taking the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. super, you're already super super high, busy with all all this stuff, but it, but it's good. It might, I mean, it's, it's important as well to kind of like you know. Uh, have these, I guess, in a sense, projects that you're working on to to help and give back, right? Because you also know, you know, the journey, you know, the challenges that that, that comes with it. And and I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, just a little bit on some of your lessons that you learned from, you know, just, you know, starting in Peru, you know, going to Spain, you know, living in the U.S., you know, kind of like all these kind of, you know, different kind of cultures and countries, and and um, you know. What are some of like the key, I guess, like highlights or key lessons you would highlight from your from your experience, like in, in all these these countries? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, definitely. There, there are a bunch that you can learn off. That may difficult to like tell them all, but right. I will say first of all, like perseverance. I think is one of the most important values. I. I had in my life, even when I was playing soccer in the beginning, and trying to like, okay, if you get injured, you know, going to sports industry that you don't know anybody, it's just like, you're going to fall several times, so you stand up if, after that. So mm-hmm. I think that one's very important and traveling, being in different cultures you were mentioning in Spain, the US, even in Peru, and I live in Chile as well, it's like, right. You have to be. You have. You have to have an open mindset. Like, right. You have to be open. Like you don't don't know anything. In fact, you don't know anything. You're just going to go other places to learn and yeah. get to know people that they know more than you. I think that's the best thing you can you can have. Not being the smartest uh, person in the room. It's just trying to be next to the smartest people in the room. <laughs> so 
I think having that perseverance and that open mindset to just try different stuff, I think that's right. That's super important. And also that eventually always going to be afraid of change. I've always been and always will be, but it's not that. It's just being brave enough to accept it and challenge it, right? I, right. I've done it several times that uh, I was leaving the status quo and just decided to change it. That's how I went. I, that's right. how I started working in sports industry. That's how I decided to go to start studying in Spain. That's why I decided to live in Chile with, uh, with our own startup when we are starting. That's how I decided to finish and come into the US. So I would say it's just perseverance, open mindset, and not being afraid of change are three things that have helped me a lot in the process. And in the end, the result is going to be bigger than than all the work you've done for sure. So, so what would you kind of, I guess, in a uh, in a sense, say or advice for for those that are, you know, kind of like just sitting here and just kind of like, I guess, in a sense, debating on like, oh, should I, should I go abroad or should I like, you know, you know, you know that voice in your head. You know, there's a lot of people are just, you know, taking that. You know, obviously, you you went to Spain. Like, I I went from Norway to the U.S. You know, like all, all this stuff, right? And and it's just like, what kind of? I guess, what, what would you say to to them that are kind of like sitting on the fence here now and kind of like just, you know, COVID or other things? Like, how how how? What what are some like? You know, just. I guess pointers that you would bring up and and or perhaps that you use in sort of like making that final decision. Yeah, of course. Uh, that's a great question. It's a tough one, right? Because yeah. in the end, it, it depends a lot of of what you want and what you're looking for. Sure. I think is you always have to have one goal. What's your goal in life? Or what's your goal for the next year? Your goal for the next three years and the five years, mm. and work based on your goals. If right. your goals, if your goal is to work at a sports team in Europe, and you're living in the U.S. or you're living in Latin America or in our, in our region, mm-hmm. and as you're going five years, what are the things you have to do to get to the U.S. or to get to Europe or to get right. to Latin America? So, yeah. having a clear goal, uh, I think that helps you go backwards and see what are the steps you need to do. Maybe you don't need to go abroad to. To feel your goal, uh, to find your goal because you want to work in your market, or yeah. you want to work in your market and you still need experience from the outside to get a job. Okay, so what are qualifications you need for the work or the job of your dreams or your your job of your next five years goal? So it's mm-hmm. basically, I, I would say that's the main key: setting a goal. And from there, it's like, okay, what do I have to? Do? I personally, uh, at the beginning, I was obviously. I started my career, I was always very focused in, in my country, right? yep. in my family, my friends, everybody right. was there. Yep. Um, I was scared of going out, but in the end, I think the best things that happened in my life were living abroad. Like that's mm-hmm. how I learned more about myself, not only in a professional way, but, but about me. That's what made me start wanting to start a company or work in the US or right. in, in personal life, like learn languages and have a family like but all started like probably experiencing uh cultures and life outside my comfort zone so mm. in my case that's something it it really helped and i'm probably 
I hope, I hope my wife doesn't listen, but I will try to keep doing it and try to still try to learn about cultures now uh, as a bigger team in a personal way. But yeah, I think it's it's great and, and we enjoy it uh, a lot. So, but yeah, the summary, I'll say, no, but what's it's... your goal from there start? I think it's a really good, uh, you know, stepping stone for a lot of people there to sort of like have that as your starting point. And I think I think you touched upon something really important too in terms of not just necessarily your, you know, what you gain out of if it, gain out of it if professionally, but also from like a personal standpoint, right? Of like just learning like more about yourself, you know, living alone, living, you know, abroad, meeting new people, living in maybe in a different language, having to speak another language, you know, like these kind of factors, it's like a great way to, to get to know yourself, you know, a little bit better too. And, and then as you say, you're kind of like forcing yourself in a sense in, into putting yourself in that position, you know, when, when, once you take that step, so it's sort of like, you know, all in or not <laughs> in, in, in many ways, but, uh, but I think it's like important that, that we talk about it, that it's, it's not just that, you know, professional, um, yeah, professional sort of goal or emphasize on it. It, it also creates that, you know, personal uh, value, you know, on, on like your personal life and what you're doing in that. Yeah. So of course, like at the end of the day, you know, you have to, you know, see, see what makes sense for you and, and what, what makes sense to your goals. But, but I think it's uh, some really good, good advice that you put down there. No, yeah, definitely. I think that's at least for me, what worked the best. And I would say it's also, it's better sooner than later, right? Don't wait. You never know what could happen in life afterwards. If you're younger, it's easier because you have less to risk. You can always, you can always go back to what we're doing. Right. So that's always a good thing if you can risk it. And, and also, the sooner you learn, if you like it or not, the sooner you take yeah. a decision, right? Maybe you, you don't like it. So, yeah. Okay. But afterwards, once you start, like myself, I already have a family, it's not your goal. It's, it becomes, the goal of the family as well. Right. You're, you're a bigger team, so yeah. things also change. You no, know? now, now it's, it's a bad way. It's a good way. Yeah, but but it's you, a different different scenario. Different way. It's a different scenario. I always say it's very similar to the startup uh, way. Mm -hmm. Fail fail fast, learn fast. Right. Same in, in life. Fail fast, learn fast. Mm. Ah, but it's uh, it, it's good. I mean, like we're already into the whole, you know, tips advice kind of thing so i just wanted to wrap up in a sense with um you know for you know for for students out here now that have been you know following all the way to the end and, and sort of like thinking here like well um you know what, 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 what kind of tips would you have for them that are you know looking for for breaking into the industry uh perhaps you know how do you I guess in a sense as well, how do you stand out when, when the competition is so high, which I think is a very important question because it's, it's such a high comp, comp, competitive market in sports, you know, it's, it's yeah. so attractive. So, so you, your two cents on like, what is your, you know, key tips and how do you stand out? Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's very true. It's, it's tough to stand out in an industry that a lot of people want to be involved. Right. So I will say one, the, that's been the best one for me. Um, in case you want to reach me out, it's another one I really uh, take into account and appreciate very much is like, well, I'll split it in two. But the first one is like being like honest of who you are, like who mm -hmm. you are is true to yourself, right? You don't have to change up 
and to somebody else, like just be be you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's always being honest and being yourself is always a great way to open your, yourself to others and to get right. to know each other. And that takes me to the second point and maybe the global point is just try to create true connections, true networkings, not just connect because you have to connect with somebody because he works in X club or X company. Try to create a nice connection, like connect and hey, I would love, I like your experience, I like your background. I would love to, to chat and get to know you. No strings attached, no, I'm looking for a job, no, nothing like that. It's just try to connect on the yeah. very the honest way as possible and keep the connections with the people you truly find uh, a connection. Like if you interact with somebody of a club and you had a like, quick conversation, I think you can keep that in the future. Try to sustain it. If there's somebody you don't really connected with, uh, maybe works on a, a place that you wanted to work, it's like, well, maybe reach out to another person from the same club or a company. So I think just creating meaningful connections, not just because of the end goal. Mm-hmm. It's very important because at least in my experience and people close to me, people that are working in the industry want to work with people they like in the industry. So mm-hmm. if you create a truthful connection, they'll have you in your top of mind when something becomes available for sure. No, I think it's a it's a, it's a perfect way to, to to wrap up this this podcast with some um, yeah, with some really great insights and you know Fernando I, I really appreciate you you know of course taking the time uh, sharing your story and your insights and for those of you that you know have been you know listening listening all the way at the end you know make sure to like the video if you haven't already you know subscribe to our YouTube channel as well and if you haven't you know make sure to sign up for free at sportingglobal.com create a free user where you can you know connect with like-minded professionals I, I know Fernando is gonna sign up very soon now so <laughs> he'll be there as well so you can connect with him uh, you know you can uh, see see opportunities that are there as well and perhaps find find some good programs that can help you in your journey so make make sure to do that and and again Fernando thank you thank you so much for for taking the time no please thank you it's a pleasure to be here happy uh, congrats on the podcast and everything you're doing I'll definitely join of course and yeah and if anyone wants to connect with me feel free to reach me out awesome awesome well i have i have one final task for you fernando it's like we have a tradition here on the sporting global podcast which is i have to learn you some norwegian so okay yeah you're you're up for it (laughs) yeah of course cool cool yeah so with every video we do we always finish with these knuckles which means see you later in Norwegian. So that's what you gotta say. These nuggets? There you go. Good job. Perfect. <laughs> you know? Awesome. Well you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Fernando. Thank you very much. Nice to see you. Bye bye.